Okay, guys, Splendid Torch Podcast. We have a very special treat for everybody today. He rode in on a short bus. People. Yeah, so that's how special. Instead he is. of having to ridicule him from afar, we get to do it in person today. Yes. Say hello, Russ. How's everybody doing? This is going to be excellent. <laughs> this is going to be a gem. Uh, what's going on, guys? How are you? Another good week here at the academy. Yes, sir. It was. Um, I'm going to say it. It was pretty buck wild, man. Wednesday night here was the biggest. Level one class, I think we've ever had. We had like 63 kids on the mat. That's awesome. Which, of course, if anybody in the world can handle a class like that, it's it's Tony and then like, you know, the level one assistant coaches. But it was a little bit crazy. I'm sure. Yeah. So I, you know, I went home, looked at all the tools I have in, my, in the shed, <laughs> looking at the joists for the wall between us and the smoke shop. We got we got to make some moves here. Something's got to happen. Yeah, look, I I don't think legally I can encourage any of our listeners to like. <laughs> well, RC, before you before you hear this, <laughs> yeah. we know what you're gonna say. And uh, you know, normally the the move would be let's plant illegal drugs and then call it. We don't need to but do. We that. don't need to plant them. <laughs> He's gonna do the Kool Aid guy right through the wall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, we're working on it, guys. Um, so just. Rest assured, like if you're listening to this and the size of the classes is, is a concern, uh, believe me, I'm racking my brain. I've got a bunch of different ideas in the mix to kind of alleviate that. And and really, the biggest thing is always when one program is swelling, the it's an indicator that a lot of people are ready for promotion. Yeah. And then once we run like a big promotion, it usually kind of levels out. Levels You've seen out. it a dozen times. Over a dozen. Yeah. yeah. And the cool thing is nowadays level three is bigger than it's ever been. Yes. So that means the kids who have been here for like a few years, they're staying. Yeah. Which is huge because that's hard to do in jujitsu, especially the kids. When you look at the ages of those kids, you got yeah. like 13 year old girls, 14 year old girls. Yeah. Plus we have guys that, uh, and guys in particular that should be, more in the adult class than the kids class. I know they don't want to let go. I I'm telling you, like Xavier, Alex. Yeah, they're. I mean, first off, they're man babies. They are men, men child, men, men chi- children, men children, and they should be. And even, I would say Austin. I mean, Austin. I know I, he, it's a fine line though, dude. Because yeah. first off, Xavier is a grown man. He's bigger than his dad, you know, and he's growing <laughs> like a weed. Alex is, is, you know, he's big too, and he's filling out by the day. Well, look at his dad. His dad's a big man. He's a big. But, you know, Austin's still pretty, he's a string bean. Yeah. You know, he's still like pretty quiet. But selfishly, I would hate to lose guys like that. Yes. Because having a green belt mm-hmm. in a kid's class, it just does so much for everybody else. Absolutely. And it's always good when you have, you have that leader in there. Yeah. And even though he's obviously not a vocal leader. No, nah, but he doesn't but have to But the fact that he's there, he has that he's serious. stature. He's, he's serious, serious. Which came out of nowhere. <laughs> I, I brought it up to, uh, I was talking to Melissa, and, and you know we're trying to figure out the best way, always, what's the best way for, to do these programs. And the thought is, oh, like, you get like the three stooges, like Keno, Jax, and Mo-Larry Ryan. And Curly, yeah. yeah. And if, if it looks like they're losing focus, it's because maybe they're not being challenged in the kids' program. So your, your brain goes, yeah. put them in the adults. All right, imagine this. Imagine the advanced class for the adult class. Every time somebody got to a brown belt, we take them out. Yeah. What would that do to, to the environment? It would suffer. Yeah, totally. So we, you know, we don't want to do that. What do you think, Russ? So Wait for this gem. Hold on. <laughs> well, no, so we talk about the Three Stooges. And yesterday I watched it, and, and it's Jackson Corbett. 
And they're sitting there, Jax, I think was like top half guard, and there's kind of just laying there. I pull out my phone, I'm like, guys, let's go. Do something for the gram. And all of a sudden they pop up, they go, yeah. and you know, I, I posted the video, and you know, they had a nice little scrap for like nine, 90 seconds. They did have a nice scrap. So, I mean, it, I think they, they want to show off. They want to they get pushed. I, I think it was maybe about two or three months ago, we had the, the, the kids that come in from California. Yes. Um, and the, the, the young boy, I forget his name, but he's going through everybody. He's getting everybody handles, and eventually I look over and like, Rye, go, go. And Rye got surprised for like 15, 20 seconds, and he's like, oh, I got to turn it up. And, and he yeah, did. He, he, yeah. he handled his business phenomenally, um, and he showed what he could do. It's just hard when you've only got so many people at that level, yeah. and it's your two or three best friends. Yeah, and it's hard to explain to, that's a big part of it, the yeah. fact that they're all best friends. And it's different for the adults. Like, my favorite people are the, I beat the shit out of them. <laughs> like, we go hard. Like, yeah. my favorite people in the world. I don't know when that switch happens. I think it's, I don't know, man. It's, I think it's tough being 13, 12, yeah. 13. The fact that they're here every day, I think that might have to just be good enough. Yeah, and I think there's a fragility to it too because don't want, I don't want to dish it out to them because I think they all know that, I mean, Ryan is the physically dominant. For sure, yeah. He's older than them, so he drives them. He's their, you know, the ringleader, yeah. so to speak, but he doesn't want to. He'll beat them up and laugh at them, and he, it's more like he's toying with them. <laughs> he, he toys with them. He gets them in those uncomfortable mounted triangle positions, and he just yeah, talks just talk smack shit to them. Yeah, <laughs> it's, look, it's man, it's it's good enough for me. They're on the mat. That yeah. that speaks volumes. It's not easy to do this for like your entire childhood. Yeah, it says a lot. Yeah, um, dude, we got some um, viewer questions from the Instagram. This should be. good. I think we should address a couple of them. We have to. This is our new thing now. I think it's good too. I like it. Yeah. All right. Let's start with uh, Miss Joan. Oh, here we go. All right. So Miss Joan said, "How do you determine the line between getting after it and overtraining?" And I think somebody else asked the question. I think pretty... that's two different things. Well, for you it is because you're a lunatic. <laughs> uh, and then Cat said, "How many classes a week are considered too many? Is there such a thing as overtraining?" So we'll address both of those. Like, what's the what's the, how do you determine the line? Like, when do you know? You're overdoing it. Well, I'll tell you what. In my younger years, I knew I was overdoing it when I got hurt. Yeah. You know, like, especially when you're younger, you're not as prone to injury. So, like, if I popped a rib or something like that went, I know I'm overdoing it. And usually, like, if I the, – the times I would get hurt is, like, when I was the most fit, which sounds kind of weird. Like, anytime I had, like, rippling abs and, like, I looked pretty yeah. damn good with my shirt off, I was pretty much guaranteed to be injured within the next week or so. Like Ricardo was always really big on keeping some some armor on, like yeah. a couple extra pounds. But what do you think? What's overtraining? So I referenced way back. I think it was a blue belt still. And I did, I think it was 38 days straight. That's every day, open mat and everything. It's a lot. It is a lot. And it got to the point towards the end where it was, my body was telling me. And it wasn't injury, it was... I was just exhausted. Well, are you doing randori every time and yeah. training hard every time? Yeah. So every class looked the same. Every you class. You weren't like throttling one day. No. No. It yeah, was, that's I a went, went, problem. went, went, went. And I think, I think it was I was getting ready. In my mind, I was getting ready for like an IBJJF, and I wanted to uh -huh. push it. And along with that was, for me, the best way to lose weight is not to cut 28 pounds of five days of water, was to bring my weight down get, naturally. Get lean naturally. Yeah, and, and it did that. It did that. And then I got to the point where I was like, all right, I had to step back. My body was telling me, because I remember that last day, it was one of those killer classes. Dude, you're also like the poster child for overtraining. I am. I admit that. You're I, like the poster child for, you're the cautionary tale. I am, and I openly admit that. And I always say, don't be me. 
Don't be me. How many days a week are you training, Ross? I'm here six or seven days, but I'm not always doing randori. Um, Sunday, Monday twice, Saturdays, and then throughout the week, it kind of just depends on whether Christian's here, whether I can get home. Um, And to the randori part, it's it's who I'm training with. You know, like this morning, you know, I I got in with the 6 a.m. guys, and, you know, it's— Let let me guess. They tried to murder you. They do, but I'm just going to play half guard. I'm going to work my stuff. It's the Brazilian like, like stall. Six it a, works well. My six a.m. rounds are much much different than my Monday and Wednesday night rounds, where I'm looking at PJ, Kenny, Vandenberg, Fonz, yeah. and like yeah. that's just a murderer's row. And it's just like, all right, I like that. I've got to be a game. I'm probably playing defense and trying not to die with those guys, versus a six a.m. or a noon or four o'clock, where okay, I can play half guard on my bad side i can go butterfly guard i can work on other stuff so it's not yeah it's, it's different it's it is different it's important to point out a few things number one you can do this every single day of your life and i know people who are advanced in in age that they are on the mat every day but the days don't look the same no they don't look the same and for me like i have a tough training split because i'm here monday night in the gi and we're getting like anybody who comes monday night knows that's a hard fucking session and then I'm back here Tuesday morning for advanced nogi, which happens to be like my favorite time to train. Central nervous system wise, like daytime training just feels better on the skin for me. And then I have like a nice like 36 hour break until Wednesday night. But after Wednesday night, man, and I get after it, I'm coming home. I'm not doing shit on Thursday and Friday, jujitsu wise. Yeah. Like I'm doing a bunch of other stuff. But dude, those days are long gone of training hard every day. So the problem is this. I'm a third-degree black belt. So if I wanted to come in on a Thursday morning and dick around and train, I can. And if I want to not, like, push the pace, I don't. And nobody really can force me otherwise, right? But if you're starting out, like, maybe you're you're a blue belt or even a purple belt, you can't control a role as easily as a black belt would. Yeah. So if you're making the decision to train, you're going to fucking train. Yeah. Like, you're going to be putting some wear and tear on your body. It's tough, man. Then Robert, that uh, tire doesn't have a lot of road on it too. When you do that, no. And you have to. You really have to. I, like I said, I, I started. <laughs> I believe it or not. Like I said this a little bit ago, I really started listening to my body. So when I deal, like my back is jacked up from slipping on the ice and catching myself. So I know if my back is really bugging me, yeah, I gotta watch it. I go into a roll and I see how it feels, and you go from there. And it, and if it's if I know I'm not gonna be able to move very well. I'm playing defense. Yeah, and the other thing is you got to know what your goals are. So, for example, let's take Kat asked the question. So we'll, we'll talk about Kat for a second. She's a blue belt. She's getting after in, in the advanced program. Like all the other people, like her peer group, she's got a long way to climb. You know, yeah. when she lines up for class, there's 50 people to the right of her. Yeah. Purple belts, brown belts, and black belts. She's got a long way to go. So what I would recommend in that situation, you know on a Monday night and a Wednesday night and a Saturday morning at the advanced classes, you're gonna be you're gonna be like fish food, you know? Yeah. That's kind of just <laughs> what it is. And that's a big part of, of the process. That kind of means you should let go of Tuesdays and Thursdays. Yeah. That that probably means like rest days. Not going to Tadis's six AM class if you know you're coming in Wednesday night. So you like you have to start picking and choosing where you're gonna put out your resources a little bit. Absolutely. And in terms of listening to your body, the cool thing is this, dude. And it, it is difficult in the advanced class when I force pass, protect, sweep, submit on everybody. Like, you know, if you came to class thinking like, oh, I'm not going to train live. I got a hurt knee. I'm like, everybody fucking line up. 
you don't want to waddle your ass over to the bench in front of 60 of your peers and watch yeah so what do you do you force yourself into training you know it's it could be counterproductive it's not fun but i do it anyway i i agree with you anything you guys want to add on overtraining two guys who have overtrained their entire jujitsu. i always say don't be me and listen to your body yeah, but even then, just come to class and yeah. just don't do that's it. The, that's what I always say. You could train hurt. Just come in, do the class. When you're going to go two and two at the end of class, you say, look, this hurts, that hurts. Please take it. You know, let's train smart. Let's train intelligently. All right. Let's get uh, RC's fucking angry young man question. All right, here we go. If you make eye contact and look <laughs> away during pass, protect, sweep, submit to find an easier role. Th- oh, this is just a statement. <laughs> this isn't even a question. <laughs> So pretty much he just said, if you make eye contact and look away during pass protect sweep submit to find an easier role, and then he just did two thumbs down emojis. So he's just saying don't do, don't do that. Um, but I will address this really quick. Dude, pass protect sweep submit, it adds a little fire to live training. Why? Especially if you're a senior student. Because if I was in a like a, like a normal Randori match, like a, like a round with – any of the students and say it's a big guy and I slap on a triangle and the second I feel him going to stack me, I'm going to let it go and let him pass the side control. No harm, no foul. Yeah. I'll wrestle up. I'll take you back and I'll choke you out. But dude, and pass, protect, sweep, submit. Can't like I have to let you almost paralyze me <laughs> lest you win my position. And if you think I'm going to waddle my ass over to the end of the line in advanced class on like a Wednesday night, you're out of your mind. Yeah. So there is that. But, uh, there's no, I think people need to get past, and, and this is like a valuable lesson for like teenagers, teenage girls. Like you, you're so caught up with what people think of you, right? And then when you get older, you realize, oh, nobody gives a fuck yeah. about what the clothes I was wearing. Nobody remembers anything about me. Like you think everybody, you're not the center of anybody's world in high school. But you think you are. You think you are. And then when you get older, you're like, oh shit, what a relief. When I go to the store, nobody's looking at me. They don't give a shit. Yeah. It's the same thing in password tech sweeps a It is. You know, like when you get into somebody's guard, the, the people on the lineup are too busy trying not to fucking pass out. <laughs> you know, there's not enough energy, mental energy for them to judge your inability to pass the black belt's guard. Nobody's critiquing you. No, dude. So if it, anything, they're saying, maybe I would have tried this. Just jump in. Yeah, just, just jump it. in. And the thing that we, the thing that is, I think uh, respected the most is a willingness to train with anybody. Yeah. Like when you see somebody, you could tell by the comments, right? So when we do pass, protect, sweep, submit, I jump out first and then all the black belts, all the brown belts. And generally that'll do it. If not, I'll throw a few purple belts. And then whoever's next has to come to me. And you know, like three people and I are like, oh, here we go. And I can tell a lot about you by the face you make when you're running over to me. Yeah. If you're doing it eagerly, like young Luke, like you're <laughs> like a golden retriever, yes. I really respect that because yeah. you're not walking to the fucking gallows. No. It's not a dead man. This isn't the green mile. Like we're about to do a little bit of jujitsu. You're yeah. going to train with your teacher. This should be fun. It should be fun. Yeah, man. There's no judgment at all. No. I don't think anybody judges. I think they're, the judges uh, happen when you're openly like... or. You're just like, you know, paying the check. That's when it happens. You could say what it is. When you're being a, you know, being a bitch. <coughs> so uh, let's go to the next question, guys. 
All right, Rachel Rachel Bratz wants to start teaching a intermediate advanced class at 6 a.m. I'm just kidding. She asked if we could start one, but I'm not going to be teaching it, so she can. Um, Brandon asked, is it important to build strength in weightlifting while training? Absolutely. Yes. What do you think, old man? You're older. 100%. 100%. You, you, but, but, and I always use uh, Purple Belt Joe as an example, who came in, if you guys are not aware, came in a legit power lifter. That guy was a mass monster. Yeah. And he came in. Fell in love with jujitsu. He adjusted his lifting to supplement his jujitsu. Yeah, but he didn't stop lifting. No. And what he did was he said, I don't need to lift a semi truck anymore. All I have to do is lift. Lift the pickup. Lift the pickup truck. And he's still probably the strongest guy in this building at any given time. And his ju- yeah. he's lost weight and looks bigger. It's funny Which how that funny. works, right? When and you it's get shredded up. Yeah. He, um, he's, a, he's a good example. He's a great role, too. He's very technical. Very technical. But he's very stoic, too, so I expect that out of him. He kind of has that. He knows I don't need to, you know, just run through people. I can use technique yeah. to do it. He doesn't need to use his strength. And that's the counter, is learning to not use your strength when you're in a role. I There's times that, where you need to. Yeah, like, a, I, think that's, I think that's what this question comes from the fucking overused and exhausted cliche in jujitsu where it's like, you know, don't strength is for the weak and only use your technique. Don't rely on strength. We fucking beat that dead horse so much that people think strength doesn't matter. And that's fucking ridiculous. That's ridiculous. If strength doesn't matter, then explain to me why when I roll with Fonz and Vandenberg, it feels the way it feels, (laughs) you know, and I'm not taking away from their skill. No. But holy shit. They use it both together. Let's just put it this way. If they had the same exact skill that they both have, which is tremendous in its own right, with 50% of the strength that they have, I would dance on their face like it was the fucking river dance. Yeah. Like I was, what's his name? Patrick Flaherty. What was the guy who did the river dance? Russ knows. You could say, you could speak, Russ. Yeah. Speak, you boo. It it fucking matters. I don't know why that happened with strength. I think it was... Maybe. Somebody put it out there. A couple people put it out Look, there. They probably did it because in they couldn't control the environment. They probably couldn't control the training environment. And it was too contentious and adversarial. And it was probably competitive and fucking violent. And people were getting hurt. And people weren't sticking around. Maybe that's where it came from. Yeah. But I don't remember hearing all these juiced up Brazilians talking about not to use your strength and all this shit. And if you watch Abu Dhabi's from 15 <laughs> years ago, it looks like the Mr. Olympia. <laughs> And I don't think any one of them said, you know, I'm so glad for this training camp. I didn't use my strength. I only use, shut the fuck up. Like you use yeah. the attributes that you have. Yes. That would be like telling battle, don't use your, don't use your flexibility. What? What? That's ridiculous. It's an asset. That'd be like telling Ross, like, don't use your fucking no neck to stop that choke. <laughs> yeah, write that down. There it is. It's on there. <laughs> he brought a list. No neck. There we go. There it All is. Because right, everybody knows that Russ had five vertebrae removed from his neck to shrink. Yeah. That's committed. To his committed. That is committed to the art. <laughs> Have you been working out? Yeah. How many pull-ups can you do? Clean, really good form. Yes. Five to six, 10 to 12. Like, like a dead hang? Yeah. That's not bad, man. No, it's not. A dead hang pull-up? There's a lot of people who can't do one. Yes. But... I put you I, I challenged you for a reason because 
technique is important. Yeah. But you're you're in a living organism and you need resistance training to be fully healthy. Dude, the big lie, and, and this is between us three. Don't tell anybody. I won't say it and won't share it. The big lie is that jujitsu is gonna make you feel better than you ever have. It's that's a fucking lie. I mean, it's not entirely a lie. You're gonna feel great yes. about yourself. Yes. You're gonna feel great. You know, with your confidence and and like the people you spend your time with, and you're in the tribe, but you're gonna feel like you got hit by a fucking truck yes. for at least half of the week. Yes, right. You're you're gonna walk a little more bow legged than you did in your younger years, and you're you know your face is gonna be a little bit fucked up. Yes, that's okay. Like Nachurski's got a nice shiner from Kiritatis. Yeah. What else is new? <laughs> um, look, man. The truth is, what we do on the mat. If you're starting from like a very unhealthy place, like you're a brand new white belt, you're middle-aged, you're 60 pounds overweight, which is, that's not atypical at all. That's typical, standard. Yes. That's standard actually. You're not gonna hurt yourself. You're not able to hurt yourself training. You're gonna be, you know, flopping around. Yeah. You're gonna be playing bottom mount. That's gonna be your guard, is bottom mount. But the weight is gonna fucking fly off of you, yes. right? And you're gonna feel great. You don't really need to do much outside the academy. Man, when you're a blue belt and you're moving and you look pretty good, you look like a different person and you're hanging with people in a role, you're playing guard, you're passing the guard, you're gonna start putting your body in positions that put a lot of stress on different joints. Mm -hmm. And weightlifting is gonna protect against that and it's also gonna be a corrective movement. Like, like having a decent squat, and like good pull-ups and, and bench press, those are gonna correct a lot of the weird shit that you do to your body in here. Absolutely. In my humble opinion. Yeah. What do you think, Russ? Are you jacked? <laughs> no, I'm in that spot where I, I, I need to. Um, my game is, we'll, we'll, we'll say not high high energy, but I need I need wait, leverage, wait, wait, I need wait, my sweets. Hold on, wait. wait do that again, dude. <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd love to hear you go deeper on describing your game. Go ahead. It's it's half guard. Let's be honest. It's half guard. It's half. Wait, what did you say? My guard is what? Low energy. It's it's not high energy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, keep going. Um, you've described it. I, I I think eloquently as ugly, effective jujitsu. Yes. Um, and and I make it work for me, and it works up until a point until you start getting with people like we were talking about before with Fonz, Vandenberg, Kenny, Aladdin, all the black belts, and a lot of that my my deficiencies when rolling with them is strength based because I need the attributes to do what I do effectively yes. against more physical, more skilled opponents. Yeah, you like, you like to negate movement a little bit more. Yeah. So you like to like latch on like to a good deep half guard, maybe throwing a scorpion hook, and that negates movement, right, with leverage. Without appropriate leverage in the certain points, it, the game falls apart. Yeah. And it's not like you can catch up with your fucking wildly impressive athleticism, you know? <laughs> It's not. Well, I was gonna say it's not like you're gonna fucking invert and you can you can actually invert pretty yeah. well. Yeah, that's not that's not the issue. The un, unless I'm rolling with with PJ. I'm sorry, PJ. Oh, when you fly and kick them in his face for no reason. It Wheel was kicks. an Imanari guard pull. I don't right even. No. Don't you dare shit on the legacy of of Imanari by calling what you did an Imanari roll. It's I haven't done it. Flop. I haven't done it since. Good. I will say this though. You ever, you ever see the that couple? the video of the couple they're on the beach but they're clearly on like some sort of narcotics <laughs> and they fall in the surf and like the chick can't get up and the husband's trying to help her up he's laughing too and hard. he's no he's falling over too it looks like they're stuck in like slow motion quicksand yeah russ 
I've never seen that. I didn't. I didn't say anything about Russ. I was just. I was just asking if you guys saw saw that video. (laughs) I do say this though, when it comes to strength, especially early on, like when you're a white belt, when you're only relying on strength, you negate your ability to learn jujitsu because you're so 100%. I'm gonna muscle up on this person. Yes, early on. Yes, why? early on. Why? Because the person, generally the person you're training with doesn't have the skill yes. to take advantage of the fact that you're not using any technique. Exactly. So you'll find a little bit of success. Mm-hmm. It's the same as the bullshit habit of falling back on an ankle lock. From the guard? From passing the guard. There it is, right there. So why do we, why do we shit on that movement so much? Why do we shit Russ, please explain. Why do we have nothing but disdain and disgust for people who <laughs> sit back on ankles? It's twofold. One, you're just trying to win the round at that point. You're trying to win the, 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 the scramble, and you're shortcutting your process. Um, and I came over. I came over from a different school, and I absorbed um, some things where basically it's like, hey, the, you know, the instruction was, if they open up their guard, fall back on an ankle lock. And that's one of the things that I absorbed. And great, every time somebody, every time Kaluzi would open up his guard, bang, I'd fall back on an ankle lock. And it took probably 18 months of you belittling me before I started transitioning off to a leg drag and going from there because it was really short, it was short circuiting in my progress and my development because I was so intent on get the ankle, get the tap, and re- reset because I couldn't. Yeah, dude, it's, it's like building a deck with no foundation. Yeah. You know, like if you all you do is they open the guard and you sit back, you're you're not. First off, you might catch a few ankles, and then you're not, and then you're gonna get fucking smashed. So, like you say, shortchanging your progress, passing the guard is one of the most difficult things you're ever gonna do. Absolutely. I mean, at the higher levels, I would argue it's more difficult than playing guard. Yes. I think somebody can get at the higher levels once you develop like a little bit of hip flexibility. And the ability to frame, stopping for, if you're just intent on defending, stopping somebody from passing your guard, I think is way easier than forcing a, a guard pass. The only way to get good at guard passing is to do what? Pass the, guard. pass the fucking guard. Pass the guard. That's why when somebody sits on an ankle, look, every once in a while, dude, like I'll sit on an ankle. <laughs> I'll sit on an ankle just for fun, but I put my time in. Yeah, it's different. Yes. You just different. want to mimic Russ's game from when he was I'm a trying. blue belt when he came I'm, over. I'm trying. He, mind you guys, he came from a karate school where they did jujitsu a couple times a week. And two oh, to three times. That was shit. my second school. That was the, that was the second school yeah. I was training at. We blame Greg Finn for bringing uh, Russ in here, by the way. Thanks. Miss you, Greg. Finn. Dude, I got a question for you, Russ. Any possibility of another 4 p.m. class on the schedule? If you want to add it to Mondays. All right. <laughs> it's based off of uh... it's based off of attendance, guys. So if you want another four p.m., you gotta show up to four p.m. So like if Thursday's four p.m. ends up having fifteen people every single week, then I will add four p.m. throughout the week. There you go. It's simple. All right, another one. You and the old man bring on more guests from the interview. Oh, okay. Justin wants more more people from the academy. Awesome. When he says the old man, I'm I'm assuming he means he's, us. He's saying you. He said, Father Time and you. And then uh, he asked, what's the philosophy on staying healthy? Well, that, that's kind of the common thread here. Yeah. Is people are getting banged up. Justin trains a lot too, man. I think, um, I, look, here's the thing. Which Justin? Justin Klepodablow. Klepodablow. K. Justin K. Kaleidoscopopo. Yes. 
Um, he trains a lot, dude. Yeah, he does. He trains a lot. He trains pretty hard. Yeah. And he's he's older than I am. He's a big dude, too. He's a big boy. I mean, that kind of helps keep you safe. Yeah. Here's the problem, man. I I think people just feel so goddamn good when they're done training. Their, their goal is to just weave this into every day. Yeah. And one of the cool things we talk about at, like, staff meetings is never forget the fact that this is the best part of people's day. Yep. The vast majority of people who come here, this hour and a half, two hours they're here, this is the best part of their day. Yeah. And I would understand why you would want to be here. The good thing about being an instructor is, like, I'm here and, like, I don't have to beat up my body. I'm just yeah. I'm just here. Like, yeah. a Tuesday night when I'm not training, I come in, I teach that, that level two class. I get that, like, boost. I get that Buzz. energy. Yeah, it's yeah. fucking awesome. It's contagious. But I also get to rest. Yes. You know? So... Man, if you're feeling beat up, like if this many people are asking this this question, we're probably overdoing it. And I wonder where it's coming from. I don't. It's not coming from the top down. Like yeah. I'm not the one saying be here every day. Where do you think it's coming from? I I've got a really addictive personality. Um, before I was training, I used to smoke. Like I, I get into things, so like I understand the the need or the desire to like to train every day. I mean, hell, I'm here six or seven days a week. Um, so I get that. Like it's it's. For some, for me, sometimes it's a release. It's sometimes it's an escape from the drama and what's going on. Sometimes it's like today I'm, I'm burning a sick day. And it's like all right, I'll do I'll do six a.m. I'm here now with you guys. I'll probably do noon, and then I'm gonna be down in Atlantic City for ADCC. Like I enjoy the environment and being around jujitsu. Um, so I get the all the we say we checks off all the boxes, and sometimes the reasons why we come here. It's not just checking those like the normal boxes we always talk about. It's it's checking off some some tertiary boxes um yeah, yeah that that drives that everyday i agree with that 100 because i've been through you know i mean we all have everybody goes through shit in their life and the one constant when you're battling the the really horrible shit that could be going on in your life is i know for at least an hour and a half yeah if not more it's not going to be there because if i'm worrying then i know russ has fallen back on my ankle from the guard He's gonna try to freaking. And if he finishes me. it, yeah, we're gonna berate him. But you're gonna. Get I'm gonna it get it worse, worse than he is, so it shall never happen. Yeah. So, but back to it is, this is the best day, the best moment when people come in here. They know that whatever's going on in their life, whether it's bad life, at home, work, uh, you know, whatever it is, you could come here. You could forget about everything. It's gone. And then when you get done after a great night of training, and you walk off, and you know. All that good stuff is running through your body. It's secondary. It's tertiary. Yeah. You're thinking, what would I do? And I always say this: I can never pay back jujitsu enough for what it's given me. Can never do that. None of you guys are all going to get to the point where you go. My life has been so enriched by jujitsu, and what has jujitsu brought you? An incredible group of people of 800 plus that are here for you to help you and train with you. And they don't know what's going on in your life. Nobody knows, you know, nobody knows, but they know you walk in, you you put a smile on your face because you know what's going to happen. Yeah. You're going to learn some incredible technique. Then you're going to have some incredible training afterwards. And you're, you're just better. You're enriched by it. Yeah, but here's, it's kind of like, man, you got to look at the other side of the coin though. Like, you know how much it enriches your life. Yeah. You know that it improves that. You know this is the best time of your day. So you got to modify your behavior in a way that's going to let you do this forever. Yes. Like, you don't want to burn out. You don't want to be too banged up. Look, man. It, <laughs> I was going to do 
I'd rather burn out than fade away. Yeah, all right. Well, then fucking burn out. It's a you Highlander know? quote, by the way. Yeah. In case you didn't know. It's a, it's a tough line, but you, you got to figure it out, dude. You don't want to be one of these guys. I'll tell you this. I got my black belt with 12 other guys. Yeah. I think there were 13 of us that day. Now, of 13, I would say two other people are still training. Yeah. Two, maybe three. And of those three, two of them have many surgeries. Right, that means nine other fucking you know yeah. high level black belts, ten other high level black belts, just cannot train anymore. Not yeah. that they don't want to; they physically can't do it. Yeah, like fucking learn from that lesson, man. It's a valuable lesson. I know the other guys I got my black belts with all train, even though two of them never put on their gi. <laughs> well, I think I I think we do a good job of of keeping people fairly safe and yeah. not forcing them into something that's going to hurt them. There's there's the other side of it too, man. Like I know everybody loves being here, and it, and it does enrich your life, and you do feel amazing when you're done. But if you feel like you have to be here to feel great, like man, something's you, missing. Something's up. Yeah, this is a great. This is a great uh, like uh, stabilizer, I would say. Like yeah. like you know you need something. You don't really can't can't put your finger on it. One of your buddies trains, or you listen to Joe Rogan. You're like, I'm gonna try this jujitsu thing. You go in, holy shit. Yeah. There we go. Right, like this is checking all the boxes. I'm, I feel better about myself. I feel better physically. Like I found this like group of people. This is pretty fucking cool, man. You stabilized, right? Like you're starting to like get back in touch with who the fuck you are. You haven't known you haven't known that person since you were ten years old, right? Until and then the world came along and fucked it all up. But you're, you're getting back on track. Yeah. It stabilizes you, and then after you're stable, it's a catalyst. The catalyst part is, is important. Like you got to use this to to jumpstart the other parts of your life, so that when you're not here, there's other good things. Yeah. Like for me, like I've got a lot of weird fucking hobbies. Like jujitsu is not my hobby. It's it's you know it's my life. It's my career. It's a lot of things. But if if it was also my only hobby, I'd fucking go crazy. Yeah. Like you guys all have your things, and then jujitsu is your other thing. This is my thing and my career all tied into one. I have my other things. And I don't feel like obligated to train on my days off. Yeah, you don't need to. No, I like to. Yeah, I just I'm glad that I don't need to. That's and the important. benefit is, by Saturday I'm well rested. I feel fucking awesome. I'm ready to rock and roll. Yeah, very true. What do you think, Ross? You look pensive. come on, no neck. What do you got? No, I'm I'm just th- just thinking about all the things that you're, you were. Uh, I'm waiting for the. Cause I remember the question you asked Aladdin last last week. It's like, hey, why are you here so much? What does this bring to you? And and we always use kind of the pat answer, like it, it checks all the boxes. And I, I started thinking, it's like, well, why am I here so much? Like, yes, I love the tribe, I love the community, I get the opportunity to teach. And it, we go back a couple of years. The, the whole three thirty four o'clock thing was, I just wanted to be here more, and I just couldn't be here at night because of the wife and kids. And you let me start teaching, the, you know, the the Tuesday Thursday class, and my schedule's changed since then. And then all of a sudden, it's like, well, I don't have to go home because you know Jen's, you know, got got the kids out. I'll I'll stay and help level three. I'll help level two. And it wasn't something that I was really ever pursuing. You know, being around here that much. And all of a sudden, I, like, I start enjoying working with the, you know, with with the kids. And I I go from threes to twos to the ones. And you know, a couple of weeks ago, I'm down with the tiny sharks, and I I, I get such a thrill because. Like I miss teaching. For those who don't know, like I used to teach high school, uh, vocational school. I was a business teacher. I now work for the state, and that's the one thing I like. I miss working with the kids, and I, and I get to come in and you know, just seeing them light up. 
uh, when they start hitting stuff or when they start you know showing off what they can do like that's a huge box to see that kind of progress and development from you know up, up and down the line and then you get the same thing with the adults and it's a different environment um and different level of progression but i see it with you know again i get to teach fundamentals i work intermediates aladdin's killing it with those and then you know just being a part of the advanced group so um you know, it's, it's deeply fulfilling yeah I, it, before and even before this i used to spend a lot of time working with my college fraternity um i was an advisor i was a mentor and i probably do anything did, for beer <laughs> but i did that for like 10 or 10 years or so and it got to the point where myself and a limited number of guys were doing a lot of the volunteer work and there wasn't like the next group of people to to, to help row the boat in the right direction we yeah. absolutely weren't rowing the boat in the right direction and it got to the point where the the, the group was so and we've talked about this how, the, how this this organization has replaced like the time and energy that i got out of my college fraternity um because we have we've got great leadership we've got a great uh a great staff and even the people who aren't on staff you know the from blue all the way through brown belt You've got so many people that understand the mission, understand the, what's what's going on with, with the group, and put it in the right development so that when brand yeah. new people come on board, it's like, oh my God, let's jump in and and keep it going. Yeah, let's let's assimilate them into the tribe. It, I'm, I'm glad you pointed that out, that like even people who are, are not on the staff, they understand like the mission and whatnot. And this is important because when I like one of the most powerful things that I would I did early on was I had a very clear vision, but I articulated that. So when I do these, you know, seminar, like I'm going to the UK in a couple of weeks and I'm doing another like presentation and my main presentation is it's kind of metaphysical to begin with, but it, it it's a lot of that. Like, what the fuck is your purpose? Like, what's your vision? What what are the values, the virtues, and the principles of what you want to build? Can you articulate that? And can your students articulate that? Yeah. And the reason that everybody can row the boat so strongly in the right direction here is because we fucking talk about it. Yeah. And the only reason we talk about it is because we put thought into what words to assign to all these feelings. Like, that's fucking important, dude. It is. Because the truth is, you could show up and you can train, and like the tough guys are going to hang out. They'll stick it out. You know, and, and they're going to have these strong bonds. They're going to love each other and they'll enjoy the benefits of jujitsu. But man, like our ability to talk about this and to bring it up in class when we're teaching and to talk about it on the podcast and to post about it on social media and put words to these feelings, it helps people coming in know exactly what the fuck the goal is and it gets them on board a lot quicker. It's reaffirmation of a mission statement. You there know you what go. I mean? And we don't even need to post up the mission statement. Because people know, they feel it, they see it, they hear it all the time. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's reinforced. And everybody, I, and like you said, the people helping out, the people that are just observing, they all know it. The yeah. parents don't even step on the mat. They know what our mission is. Yeah, they know it. They know what our goal is. The, important, the other important thing about having this all like written out, verbalized, out in the ether, and you guys take it and run with it. Because now it's not about me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's not about, you know me, I, the hero worship is disgusting. And like, if I ever start speaking with a Portuguese Portuguese accent, please <laughs> fucking just sneak up behind me with an ice pick, you know? Uh, but you see that. Like, that's, you're, you guys are laughing because you know how common that is yes. in jujitsu. Like, the weird fucking Portuguese accent. I don't, <laughs> like, man, I don't understand. Like, why are, like, when you're here in half guard, like, I don't understand. Like, dude, what? You're from fucking Montana. Yeah. Like, what are you? What are you doing? Like, I get it. You did like the getaway camp in in Costa Rica. <laughs> like, come on. 
All right. Anyway, <laughs> I digress. Yeah. All right. Uh, this is a good one. Russ, I'm going to let you answer this one. Oh, God. How do you know when you are a person's rest round? When they <laughs> when they're breathing heavy, they look over at you, they make eye contact, and they say, "Hey, Russ, you want to come beat me up?" <laughs> Anytime somebody offers for you to beat them up, you know that you're going to be their restaurant, or they're going to dance on you like Michael Flannery, dude. And just so you know, I got that from Ricardo. Like Pete, beat me up, man. Yeah, I'm okay. And I liked it so much that I continue to do that. I, I, and it, we, all, we all do it. We all say it now. Yeah, beat me up. Yeah. Um, some people take it very literally. Yes, they do, Russ. Dude, here, here's the thing. Being somebody's restaurant, I, he's, I mean, that's got some negative connotations. It's not necessarily. No, because the truth is sometimes like Brando's my restaurant. Yeah. And and that's Brandon's one of the toughest guys we have, and that's yeah. not because I'm so much better. It's because we both feel each other's pace and yeah. energy. Rest round. I think that kind of ties into what the fuck we've been talking about this whole time. You guys are so fucked up and broken because no, <laughs> there's no like you you view a rest round as like this negative thing. Yeah, you guys are fucking crazy. That's the problem. Calm down, right? Every round is not murder, death, kill. Exactly. It's not murder. It's not sustainable. No. And look, like uh, they took it and ran with it, like the whole 6 a.m. lunatic thing. And, you know, they think it's it's fun. It's a badge of honor. First, I started calling them the lunatics because they wake up at five o'clock to go do (laughs) jujitsu. You got to be you got to have a fucking screw loose (laughs) to do that. And I'm not judging. I'm just you're going to see me here like once a year. Yeah. Um, I'm not a morning guy. You guys are impressive. Secondly, it's hard enough to get your ass out of bed at five and then to slap on a, a on the pajamas and then come in here. And then the second they slap hands, it's like 6.30 in the morning. Yeah. Sun's not up. They're trying to murder each other. Yes. Fucking murder. <laughs> that, you know, for me personally, like my nervous system, dude, just does not get going until 8.30. Yeah. You know, and I've been to a few morning classes and, uh, you know, my back still hurts. And the funny thing is when you're done and like you go out to the front of the academy and the sun's up, you feel amazing. Yes. But I don't know how these guys, maybe they're just acclimated to it, but getting going enough to do a hard Randori round at 630 in the morning, dude, that's a lot. That's a lot. It is a lot. So one of the reasons you guys are banged up is every round is not your A game. Yeah. Like if you're, if every one of your rounds is, all right, here's what we're going to do. You ever see American Pie? You ever see American Pie 2? Yes. When they're painting the house and they think the girls inside are lesbians. Yeah. So they break in, <laughs> which obviously none of this can fly today, but let's t- get into the time machine. Time machine. You know, and then the girls catch them and they're about to call the cops and then they're like, you know, they're like, wait, you thought we were lesbians? And then they're trying to, they think something's going to happen. Yeah. And then they, they get stiffler and shit break to, to kiss. Or, and then like, you know, whatever. And then, and then shit breaks, like, you're a shitty kisser. And he's like, I wasn't trying. It's like, you were trying? Yes. So the, the point being. <laughs> I love that. I'm going to have to go back and watch this. Yeah, like the point being, like you got to feel if the, if it, is it appropriate or not to try as hard as you can. Yeah. And the, the majority of the roles I would say no. And look, there's a difference between as hard as you can and training hard. Yeah. 
there is a gap, but that gap is the difference between a torn bicep and a, and a, and a healthy bicep. Yeah. Like if every one of your rounds is, is Abu Dhabi finals, which is ADCC, because people are not, don't realize that. Do you know that? Yeah. You say Abu Dhabi, they look at you like you're fucking crazy. Yeah. Yeah. ADCC is Abu Dhabi Combat Club, just yes. so you guys know. It shouldn't be fucking Abu Dhabi, ADCC, every <laughs> single role. I agree. Man, and like we were telling the level three kids, if you're going to do three rounds of Randori, here's how it should go. Find somebody way better than you. Find somebody way worse than you. And find somebody who's on your level. That's how, and extrapolate that across any training session. That's what you should be doing. Why? When somebody's way better than you, you get the rub. You get to feel how like your body should be moving. Yeah. And it's important you work in your defense. You see how far you have to go. A lot of good things happen from it. But if you do that every single time, you only train with people better than you, you're going to get tough, but your skill is not going to really improve. Exactly. You're going to have a very defensive game, and that's important, but not as important as being well-rounded. If you only train with people that you're way better than, you're going to have sharp technique. It's going to be good. It, in fact, only training with people way worse than you is probably the best way to go if you had to do one of the three. However... The second you you encounter some adversity, you're gonna fold like a deck of cards. Mm -hmm. You need to experience the adversity on top of the skill development. And then training with your peers lets you know if you're on the right track. Training with your peers, people on the same level as you, lets you know if the things that you've been doing in the other rounds is moving the ball forward, or if you're stagnating, or even worse, you're falling behind. So it's a, it's a litmus test. But if every, and this was the mistake I made at like purple and brown belt, Every fucking round I had was with the, like the purple circle, my, my peer group. Toughest guys in the academy. We were close. We were thick as thieves. We loved each other. But we did, couldn't get the fucking technique off. We would go six months. There were like five of us. We would go six months without there being a submission in the purple circle. That's not how it should go. No. It's true. And I, I think getting that uh, into the ether is important. So everybody has a better understanding of the roles. So if somebody, you know, Russ picks somebody that's, dare I say, not as good as him. So he's in the tiny sharks class. <laughs> <clears throat> no, but I mean, every role has purpose, whatever it is. I mean, yeah. picking somebody that's better than you, that's, you know, that's really, I think that's really important. Because if you could go through one of those roles and you say, man, I made it through. And the great thing is there's no pressure. There is no zero. pressure. If somebody's better than you, they're supposed to kick your ass. Yeah. No big deal. Yeah. And, you know, it, there's roles where you roll with somebody and they, they I'm not going to point Russ out, but you, you can hear where you are in Russ's role. Yes. <sighs> yeah. Ugh. But I love when I like pass Russ's guard and he goes, ugh. Ugh. <laughs> I'm like he's like like disappointed he's in himself. I, I, I'm like Russ. Why are you grunting? Like this is not exactly how this was supposed, supposed, to, supposed go. to go. It was supposed to take another ten seconds before okay. you, you, you like smack the mat. You're like, damn it. But no, there's roles with guys where it's like, dude. I, I mean, I, I'm not that bad at this. That this wasn't expected. Yeah. A professor didn't say, I'm giving this because you're a jolly dude, old they're, fellow. They're like shocked and appalled with themselves. Yes, yes. It's like. Go realistically, go into a role. Like if I roll with a Fonz or a Vandenberg, I know certain things are going to happen. Yeah. I'm accepting of that. Yeah. I'm accepting of that. I'm not going to be like, oh, I'll be like, you're a jerk off. Not only do you know that certain things are going to happen, you should be welcoming that certain things yes. are going to happen. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. And if you can this, do that enough and you could stop them at a point in time, you're like, okay, I'm progressing. 
Yeah, and and that'll get you through for a while. Yeah, but if you're if you're like a purple belt, mid purple belt or higher, that's you. You have to take way more responsibility. Speaking of Vandenberg, like he, of course he's doing amazingly well. It's and a he, mustache, and it's the stash. He's got a certain set of skills. Yes, and they come together very well to serve him incredibly well in a live training situation. He's strong. He's incredibly flexible. He's strong at the furthest reaches of his flexibility. He trains a lot. He's very stoic and mentally tough. Sweaty as a motherfucker, so you can't get a hold of. Like he's got a lot of good attributes yeah. to find success. But along with that, like certain attributes, like that hyper flexibility of his hips, it allows him to get away with certain things at certain times. Yeah. And like sometimes, like and like he was leaving his foot hanging. So like I caught some like silly shit on him, and I'm like, why would you? Why'd you do that? And he, he, full honesty, which I appreciate, he goes, I get away with that with most people. And I'm like, look, I'm glad you said that because you're at the point. He's been at the point yeah. where you've got to, it's a hard thing to do because you have to forego an obvious, like successful moment, an obvious triumph, an easy submission. You have to forego that because it, it wouldn't work on a high level black belt. Mm -hmm. You need to run yourself through that filter. And even if you're a blue belt right now and you're training with a four-stripe white belt and you're catching like bullshit, it's good to get your reps in, but don't trick yourself into thinking that that's going to work on a purple belt. Yeah. Like I'm at the point where I only do things that I think will, I, even if I have a fully locked in choke, if I got there because you fucked up big time, I'm not even going to finish it because I didn't earn it. It's got to be something legit, a, a legitimate setup, a legitimate transition to a legitimate submission. Agreed. And legitimate meaning working against a knowledgeable, competent, skillful opponent. That's a valid point. Yeah, that's what I think. I think it's good. What do you think, Russ? I was waiting for you to transition to uh, banging on calf slicers because that also <laughs> was on the list. Dude, I hit, I, hit, I like calf slicers. I just don't make it the fucking center piece of my game. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, up, up until... Two weeks ago, I was clean, and then you started joking about it, and now, like an addict, to, go back go, to meetings, dude. Uh, Call your sponsor. Get back on a methadone. Race. I hit, I hit too, and I, I felt bad and dirty. So, at the bare minimum, you're you're berating me of uh, ham sandwiches and cats like before. Before we move on, let me be a little more clear for Cat because she did ask a very specific question, which was how many classes a week are considered too many? Is there such a thing as overtraining? For me personally, a four. A four-day, four-training session split for the week has been perfect. Mm -hmm. So I do Monday night, Tuesday morning, Wednesday night, Saturday morning, and that gives me enough time in between to get my lifts in, to run if I have to, things like that. Yeah. That's a good split. Anything more than that, dude, that's called a training camp. Unless, the caveat being, unless you've got such good self-awareness and self-control that when you are training on those extra days, you're not pushing it. That's a big asterisk. I think game planning when you train as well. I think having a game plan when you, have you go a game in, plan. you have to have a game. Otherwise, you can't it's be. Chaos. I'm going to go in. And I'm going to get 150 submissions. That's not a good game plan. A good game plan is I'm going to work on this. I'm going to work on that. Yes, I agree with you, dude. All right, Kayla asked. Well, she kind of just said. Oh, we got a bunch more came in. Hold on. She Can said, Russ do a calf slicer seminar? How, how awesome are the McHugh BJJ women? Very. Eh, they're okay. No, they're awesome. I think what they did, how they built up their little uh, their group, and what's so impressive about it is once a new female joins the academy, they're in, they immediately learn the secret handshake. Yes. And they're immediately being inundated with 
Come over to Matt 2. Come over to Matt 1. Come over I will, to the I will venture so far as to say this is the healthiest and most impressive and most uh, legitimate and strongest the women's presence has ever been in the academy. 100% agree. Which is saying a lot, dude. We've had good groups of, of women over the years. That like While we're talking about it, I, I want to get this out in the open because I'm not quiet about this at all, but I just want to make sure everybody knows. There are a lot of schools out there that have a women's only program, yeah. and we don't. Yeah, I think we should talk about why. For example, like when Jen got her black belt, I, I did my whole speech about her. She did her whole speech. I gave her the black belt, and I was like, oh, by the way, she's our first uh, female student. Yeah. And that's not because I'm a misogynist. It's because when I see our female students, I see students. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like when we say we're like inclusive, I fucking mean that. Yeah. For better or for worse. Like you don't get any special treatment. I mean, obviously I'm protective in certain ways. Only in that if you're the same way I would be protective of like somebody who is 130 pounds coming from the kids program for the first time. I'm protective in the sense that you're clearly a little bit sm smaller or maybe you're not pursuing the same goals as a competitive male and they're an idiot and they're fucking blind to that. Yeah. In that sense, I'm protective. But I wouldn't go so far as to have a separate women's program because I don't think that they need that. I think it's divisive. Divisive? Divisive, whatever. Divisiveness? I've heard it both ways. I'm it's like, sure you did. It's like I'm tinnitus sure and tinnitus. Totally. <clears throat> yeah, I don't, look, I don't know if it's divisive per se, but I'll, I'll say this. Every time I've seen a women's only program, it did become somewhat toxic. Yeah. Any anytime you create separation, like you're saying divisiveness. Divisiveness. You know, Divisive. so it I'll also say this. If we weren't so good at making a quality, inclusive, supportive, safe training environment where I knew the women would be welcomed and safe and not feel like a target or worse. I would make a separate program, mm -hmm. but I would also blow this fucking place up. <laughs> you know what I mean? That would be indicative of a way bigger problem. Yes. What are your thoughts on that? I think uh, I, I, I boil it down to this. I think that our environment is so good that we don't need it. I think a female program or a women's program is needed when you have very a lot of different belts. That uh -huh. don't get to train together. Yeah. And it's like, well, we need to have one day a week. Every day of the week is a women's program. Inside Dude, every, of the every class. It's inside the program. Yeah, I like And that. I think it's more it's better because then you have you don't have one person sitting out and then you have a couple people, well, okay, I train with the women, I want to go train with some of the guys. Yeah. That's available. Whereas in a women's program, it's gonna be okay, you get a couple roles, you leave. Whereas now they just keep going and going and going. Yeah, I mean they're they're and part again, of the group. It's because it's there's women's program built into our existing program. They yeah. pair up they pair up with each other when they want to. And we don't force them to train with the no, guys. No, they do it on their own. Yeah. And that's why it's so good. That's why it's healthy. It's a very healthy environment we have here. Yeah. I've gotten into it with people about this too. Cause look, man, it it goes both ways. I would never force a woman to train with the guys. So if if the women come to the uh, advanced class, there's always going to be women here. Yeah. Always. But say you're the only woman here, there's always going to be somebody that you have a, a good trusting relationship with. And then outside of that, I wouldn't force you, I wouldn't guilt you into sticking around doing randori yeah. if there's nobody else here you're comfortable training with. The flip side of that, I would never force a guy to train with a girl either. Exactly. 
right? Like, because I've seen that blow up on on Instagram before too. Some guys just aren't comfortable with it, and then and then that begs the question: Well, what the fuck is wrong? Why were you a creep? No, it's it's the same reason that some women aren't comfortable training with the guys. Yeah, like both are allowed to politely decline a training session. Exactly. I think that's important to point out. Yeah. Russ, I'll say this: out of the women's group and population, like one, I'm super envious of how supportive they are. Like, not saying that the guys aren't. Are you saying that you, we don't support you? What do you say? We just ridicule you? <laughs> no, but like when the new, like when you see like a new female student come on the mats, there's they're, they're like they they flock over. They're they're instantaneously getting added to to the group chats. Like they they want to get them on board because. You look at like Monday or Wednesday, and you look throughout all of jujitsu. It's yeah, it's a, it's typically a male-dominated you know activity or sport. So when you start seeing, you know, when you start seeing the the increase in the female population, it's 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 reflective of the, of our community, representative of the environment. Um, so I, I give them a ton of credit for that. But on, on top of that, a lot of times they they. You know, I just look at my wife. They take on some extra responsibilities with the home and stuff. So it's, I get it. It's hard for them. I, I, I respect the heck out of like Rachel and Kat and, and all the moms where they're juggling training with us. You know, they're training with with the spouse, the kids, and they're making every effort to, to get on the mats. And you know, after six a.m. this morning, we're over grabbing coffee, and what do I hear? I hear Rachel. I hear Kat. They're talking with Kenny. It's like I want to learn how to do takedowns. I feel bad with my takedowns. I want to come in on Sunday before open mat and get going on these things and it's you know it just shows how serious they are about you know learning the sport getting good getting competent in things that you know we don't typically spend as much time on in class and they i pull and I the bottom side dude it, it is it is impressive so <laughs> there we go <laughs> russ wrote out a list of the shit we're going to talk about him we're almost through it i think we're 100 percent. dude it, it, it does we we would be We'd be fools not to bring this up, and I know like the climate to talk about such a thing is is a little dicey these days. But the truth is this, man: for a woman to come into a physical environment like this, especially with guys, especially with like big burly guys, and we're doing we're grappling, that's yeah. it's got to be hard. Yeah. It's got to be hard, man. Luckily, like the way we introduce people to it is very accessible. That's our thing. But still, dude, once you get the gi on, you get in class, you're like, holy shit, this is very physical. And then even if somebody was a, a an athlete coming up, you got to look at this. Like I was a lacrosse player. And then when when like, you know, Melissa knew nothing about lacrosse, when she finds out like a girl played lacrosse, that she kind of the rule set is so different. I can't talk to this woman. Yeah. The stick is different. They they don't wear the they don't wear pads. The rules are fucking insane. It looks like Avery made it up with crap. <laughs> like it doesn't make sense to me. Um and you can go through a lot of sports where like look at hockey and field hockey. Like it's it's almost like we've we've bubble wrapped women. You know what I mean? Like even in collegiate sports, it's just not full. It's not full contact like hockey, lacrosse, and yeah. football. I'm I'm ecstatic to see women's wrestling exploding right now, Shoot, which is fucking it. awesome. Love it. And we're starting to like as a society take off those kid gloves, which is great. And you realize I've known it since I started jujitsu that women can be just as tough, if not tougher, Lethal. than the guys. However, let's not overlook the fact that most of the women who come in here grew up having never done any sort of martial art, no full contact sports, didn't roughhouse with like all their friends, like yeah. guys kind of came up doing. It speaks volumes. It's, it's a way bigger hurdle, in my opinion, to get started and be comfortable enough to show back up. Yeah. It says a lot, man. And a big reason for it is what you guys said. Like Russ said, 
you get pulled into that tribe that like you know subset of the of our tribe the women's tribe very very quickly and powerfully yeah it's awesome it is awesome and like russ said it's it's i think it's uh you kind of have a little jealousy towards it but it's it is what it is i mean it's it's the way they do it and and it's all and you got to give a huge shout out to them guys it's an amazing thing what they do and it's it's like it's almost like i heard there was another girl in class you had an intro what's her name we got to get her information so we had an intro last night uh morgan she trained before she's one stripe white belt and i told her i said i said before you know it you're going to be brought right in you're going to be in the tax and yeah you're going to be in the you know the little group and it's not a little group it's a big group but you're going to be in this subset it's, of the academy. This is very important. And so it promotes growth. It does. But listen, this is very important. We have to be very mindful of the verbiage we choose to use. When yeah. you say things like their little group, I know you mean nothing by it. Yeah. And I'm sure nobody would take it yeah, the yeah. wrong way. But some somebody might take that as like, oh, their little group. Like, no, a league of, like a league of their own. No. It's not to poo-poo anything. No, it's encourage it. Absolutely. I 100%. We, we I, talked about it 100 times. Dude, I the, want there to be clicks. Yes, you need to have that. I want that. And it's funny because when I was coming buddies. up, the accountability buddies, when I was coming up, if you start at Ricardo's, like if, if he found out you guys had like a little click or God forbid you were practicing like in your garage, yeah. dude, he would he would bring you to trial. And I, I get it. Like he kind of came from a very secretive spot where the armbar was not the armbar across the board. There was no such thing as like a YouTube channel period, <laughs> and then a YouTube channel that would teach you how to do all these. There were such things as secrets, yeah. and different academies had different, very different jujitsu. So I understand like he had to like guard his his treasure a little bit. One of the things I love that we did right off the bat was I encouraged you guys to have clicks. Yeah. I wanted you guys to get clicky. I wanted you guys hanging out outside the academy, because the second somebody falls off, you reach out, yes. and you're bringing them in. And the same, like you see now with the with the women, it's just a powerful thing. It's powerful. I want them hanging out. It's empowering. I want them meeting up. I want them talking shit about me. Yeah. Like I want them to make fun of you. Like I want them to have their jokes. Yeah. It's it's a powerful thing because it, then it transcends like uh, self defense and sport and lifestyle, and it goes into like social fabric that is unbreakable. It is. I like that. I do too. So, how awesome are the women? Very. All right, let's uh, let's get a little more serious. All right, Scott Redden, he asked the question. Um, this is important. Which superpower would you choose, flight or invisibility? That's a. Good and this one. is going to tell me a lot about you by your answer. I mean, I like flight, but I think invisibility would be pretty. Of awesome. course, you creepy motherfucker. I like flight, though. I think flight's the way to go. To what, why would you want to be invisible? Besides, like, you wouldn't have to, like, help Jen bake cookies and shit. That's pretty important. <laughs> no. I, I Definitely think it, flight. Let's flight not even pretend. 100%. No, no, no. Flight's the way to go. I, th I just, I think invisibility is kind of cool, too. Because there's course. times where you don't want to be seen. That's gonna, this, is, this clip is going to be used in a, in a courtroom <laughs> setting as exhibit, exhibit C. All right. Scrappy Joe with another, oh, here's another a powerful question. Is he your son? Do you train on Valentine's Day? I disowned him. I, I When's Valentine's Day? On Wednesday? Next Wednesday. We're, it looks like we're getting a snowstorm Tuesday night. Really? Did you see this? I'm in the Kaboom Club. I did not. <laughs> um, but Joe, yes, I train on Valentine's Day. Um, my wife does as well, so it's all good in the hood. Yes. Let's see. We got anybody else? 
going out on Valentine's Day is for amateurs. Do it beforehand or after. Exactly. Yeah. Drive through. And, and it's no Joe. That's the end of it. Yeah. Dude. Good for you, Russ. I don't know. Is is it like a cultural thing with Scrappy Joe? Like how weird he is? I think he was. Is it cultural or is it generational or is it a combination? <clears throat> or is it just he's fucking weird? Where is it? Was he Colombian or Costa Rican? Costa Rican. Costa Rican. What's, All right. I think what's funny is like his one brother's uh, got a big brain. Uh-huh. Got a big brain. His other brother plays professional soccer or something. Keep going. Scrappy <laughs> Joe was kind of caught in the middle climbing on roofs. <laughs> Have you ever seen the movie Twins? Oh, God. <laughs> He's Danny DeVito, I assume. Uh, Are you saying you're Arnold? <laughs> no i love scrap i was just like he's very um eccentric yeah for a young man he's very eccentric yes and it begs the question is that cultural or is it generational like is he just plugged into like tiktok videos and like like um video games video games where yeah. you're on the headset talking shit to people he's all over the place he'll come in on sundays and have f1 going he'll have yeah. f1 racing yeah. going on yeah and i'll hook it up to the speaker i'm like dude why am i listening to car engines oh it's f1 Huh? <laughs> yeah, that's got to be cultural, right? Yeah. That's a Euro thing. A He's Euro Costa thing. Rican. Yeah. That's not in Europe. No. Well, how about it's people outside of the U.S. are really <laughs> into F1. How's that? I know the Brazilians were really into it. Yes. And I bet he, bet he watches bicycle races, too. Cycling? Cycling's a big thing, too. He's getting all uh, every dollar out of his flow grappling account. <laughs> all right. Here's cycling. We could wrap up with this question. It's a good one. Advice for white belts trying to find their place in the gym. Advice for white belts trying to find their place in the gym. What do you think, Peachy? I th- we, we can over overly simplify this yes. and say just keep showing up. That's one way, but I also think that when you show up, even if you're you know, you're kind of very quiet, talk. Talk. This is your confessional. You could come in here, you could talk all you want. Nobody's going to judge you unless you're Russ. Yeah, socialize. And there's no better place to do it than here because you get to learn from other people. And that's one of Real the best quick, things about jiu-jitsu. Real quick, can we just be clear? Because you're setting these people, these white belts up for failure. Don't yap in class. No, that, that's no, not what no, no, no. You have time before and you have time after. Yeah, so when you're done training, you're a brand new white belt. You're, yeah. you're trying to soak it all in. You're noticing the beautiful cedar trim along the mats. And you're not really ready for Randor yet, yes. you know, so it's kind of awkward, you know, like half the class is sticking around to train. You got to get changed. You can hang out and watch. I recommend what you said is great, but find connections with your with your classmates by asking them, how long have you been training? Yes. What got you started? Yeah. What's your experience been like? And then you guys are going to find common ground. Yeah. And what happens is your world opens up because then there's other people getting in on the conversation. Yeah. And that's how it happens. And, you know... And this kind of goes back to where we were talking about having the kids on the mat training with us. Way back in the day of old, it was eight of us mm-hmm. and Josh. Yeah. And Josh was 13. The days of yore. The days of yore. And it was Josh was 13. And he was one of the guys yeah. for the most part. He was one of the guys, except he had homework and we didn't. And everybody was, and we all talked. We all had our moments of talk. Yeah. It was before Matt, and like we've said it a hundred times, we would be sitting in the parking lot at ten thirty at night, bullshitting, just talking. The talk, I mean, the jiu-jitsu was great. It was again, it's the vehicle, 
but the conversations we have with each other and you learn the quirky things about who so and so and this and that and just everything that's going on and it just opened it up and it made us tighter that's why that's it, a big one that's what brought us together that's why we're the majority of us are still here as a group together so imagine you go to a barbecue like on your wife's side of the family or you know your girlfriend's friends are having a barbecue you don't know anybody and you see a guy wearing a jujitsu shirt yeah who are you going to talk to at that barbecue you're going to make a fucking beeline for this guy. Yes. Even if you've been training for three days. And hey, did you ever calf slice one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're going to talk jujitsu. Now, listen, when you're here, you all have something in common. Yes. You all train jujitsu. The one barrier is broken already because yeah. you know if you're here, if you're wearing the gi, if you're wearing a belt, if you're in no gi and you're wearing, you know, spats. You already got the first door Dude, open. For, for me, as instructors, our big thing is we want to build rapport with the new student as quickly as possible. Yes. Just so they feel more comfortable on the mat. And, the, you know, it's it's just better for everybody. We want to build rapport genuinely. So the number one thing I ask people is, what brought you in? Yeah. I genuinely want, like, what made, why do you want to get started? I'm like, look around. This is fucking weird. Like, yeah. what made you pull, you know, pull the trigger? And you get different answers every single time. Yeah. And the, the weird thing is sometimes people, I don't think they're trying to lie to you. They just, I don't think they really know deep down why they're here yet. So they'll say things like, oh, it seems cool. I want to learn self-defense. I want to get in shape. But it's a good starter. It's a yeah. good starting point. And then a few weeks later, you have something to compare when you ask them, what do you think of training? Yeah. They're not going to say, "Oh, I'm getting it. I'm I'm still looking to get in shape." They're like, "This is fucking all. This is yeah. This is invigorating. This is enthralling." Dude, that's how like you said, those are that's how those bonds are formed. You're yeah. going to you're going to communicate with another human who you have a lot of shared interests with yeah. that you didn't really know a few weeks ago, but you're already building unbreakable bonds. You have a lot of, like a better chance at a deeper conversation. Take advantage of it. Absolutely. What do you think, Ross? How does a white belt find this footing here? It's it's on the senior students. It's on people who have been here before. Like we were, you were talking about way, way back in the, the old place. That's You guys all had that. and a lot. But for here, we've got people who have been training three months, six months, 12 months, eight years, however long. you got that brand-new person coming along. And we do a really good job as far with the coaches and staff, you know, getting those initial engagements. But, I mean, listen, for everybody who's been here already – you see that new person, and and we do like I said, we do a really good job with it. But go over, introduce yourself. For that new student, they'll find their place by us bringing them in, yeah. and we spread out and make space for them. Um, the the analogy I'm kind of going towards, I remember like reading like a parenting book. Parent was like, hey, you know, I'm worried about having more love for my my second kid, and it's not a matter of you splitting up your love and attention. You just make more love. If we have, you know, as we get more students. We make more space. We bring them in. The tribe gets bigger. And part of that, like I said, just being a welcoming place, having that great environment. So for that new person who's thinking about joining, it's not, not necessarily your job to find your place. It's on us to make space for you and bring, and bring you in. Yeah. Well, if you're listening to this and you're starting out, just be open to that. Yes. Be open to that. You know, because we are eager to, to, to help bring you into the fold. And a lot of people, a lot of the senior students were in the same exact position as you maybe a year ago, you know? And even if it was 10 years ago, they're gonna remember what that's like. They're eager to take that role on. Let them, I yeah. like that. You know, you may, we make the space, trust me. Especially if uh, RC goes Kool-Aid through the wall. Dude, 
just guys, <laughs> trust me when I say I'm doing everything in my fucking power. I've got a lot of balls in the air right now that I am juggling. He's wearing sweats, guys, so yeah. don't take it the wrong way. <laughs> and uh, I'm doing everything I can. If, if we can get that spot next door, that is going to be a game changer. Absolutely. We'll be at 1,000 students within months. I agree. It's going to be good. Yeah. It's a good time for jujitsu, man. It is. A lot of special things are happening right now. It's a good time. And I mean, the next year for the academy is going to be huge. And when I say the academy, I mean, I mean, like us as a group going out into the world. Yes. What we're doing here, like at home and out in the world, it's going to be massive. Yeah. Next couple of years is going to be huge. A lot of growth. Very exciting. Very exciting. Russ, anything to add? Come down to Atlantic City this weekend, guys. Nobody's going to fucking do that, dude. <laughs> Nobody's going to. It sounds like a nightmare. It sounds terrible. A lot of good jujitsu. Yeah, you know, I got you. And too. Russ is there. Oh, I'll be there. <laughs> yeah, so we have a few people competing this weekend. We Abby do. and Skyler are competing. Oh, yeah. At at ADCC, the at Abu Dhabi Combat Club, the Open. Atlantic City Open, dude. I love the rule set. It's yeah. really exciting. It is. It's, I think it's the best rule set. It really is. I mean, that's why. I mean. It's it's our Olympics when it come, when it rolls around. I hate saying that. I do too. But I mean, I it's our Super Bowl. That. How's that? It's our Super Bowl. Is that better? I guess. It's Super Bowl's coming up, so. But it's not. It's, it's not. It's not that, dude. It's just a really cool grappling event. There you go. I'll take <laughs> that, that too. That's really all it is. <laughs> because all right, and this is not to detract from anybody. I'm just saying, like when we equate it to the Olympics, the Olympics is every four years. Yes. Right. And no, it's every two. All right, the events are every four years. Yes, there's summer and winter Olympics, yes. and and to be to nobody gets invited to the Olympics, right? But yeah. in Abu Dhabi, eight people in each weight class get invited right yes. off the bat, and then the other eight have to win trials. Yes, but even the way the trials are are done is not as stringent as the Olympic trials. Yeah. Like there's a lot more parity in the Olympic. Tri- it's just we're getting there. We're getting there. I just think. Let's not say that it's the Olympics yet because there's so we got to do more work to get it there. Yes, but it's fucking awesome. Is it? Is it the pinnacle of our sport? I think so. Yes. Is it? Is it like the most prestigious award that one can win? I think so. And I guess in that sense, you could call it the Olympics. Yes, that's. I think that's where the weight comes. But from. I'm saying in terms of, we're just not quite there yet. It's growing, I, but I do know that when you have people that. I've had people come up to me that know nothing about jujitsu and maybe how to spell it properly. Uh huh. And they say, "Do you ever hear of Gordon Ryan?" Yeah. I heard about this guy, Gordon Ryan. He's all fucked up again, huh? Yeah, he is. It's a shame, man. Yeah. I actually, I think, I think it was Carlo, my kid. Dude, you know what kind of is feeling like, like Bo Jackson. Oh. Oof. You know, like yeah. he just imagine if Bo Jackson could stay healthy. He got hit that one time. And his hip popped. Broke his hip. Broke his hip, and it ruined him. I mean, granted, like, physically, Gordon's great except for his stomach, but if it's keeping him out. Yeah. Like, imagine imagine this keeps up for a few years, and then we have to look back. He's already cemented himself. Yeah, he's a goat. But, like, it's like Barry Sanders retiring early. Fuck. Like, we wanted to see some more shit. Yeah, he would. I, I was a massive Barry, Barry Sanders fan, As, you know, back when he was at Oklahoma State and everything. Huge fan of his, all the way through high college, rather. Into the pros. Yeah, dude, he was averaging like 240 yards a game in college. He was. Did you ever hear the story? His dad yeah. was an Oklahoma fan. I didn't. His dad was an Oklahoma fan. He said, Dad, I'm going to Oklahoma State. He says, I'll never talk to you again. 
And he goes, I will never root for you against Oklahoma. Well, his dad needs fucking therapy. Maybe well, some ayahuasca. <laughs> heroic dad. dose of mushrooms. And it was his dad was a hard dose kind of guy. He was a yeah. hard yeah, oh yeah. He was like he was pissed off that he chose Oklahoma State over. But, you know, his dad was also his biggest fan when he went to the pros. Barry was still at the top of his game when he retired. Yeah, dude, that's hard to and like he, as a fan. He didn't wanna break uh Walter Payton's record because he re- he revered him so Sweetness. much. Sweetness. Yeah. That guy could run. Hard nosed man. Yes, he was. Yeah, dude. I I hope he gets healed up. I want. I would love to see a, a healthy. I just want to see what he can do. Yeah, it's it's fucking exciting. I want to see what he can do. Very impressive. And it's just so weird that nobody can come close. Yeah, like nobody can just take a look. Maybe it's because they're not willing to do what he does. Like I don't know if people realize how much Gordon actually puts into this. And of course, he's got the ace up his sleeve, which is john danaher yes but why has nobody else just realized that his training methodology and the way they like dissect things and the intellectual approach and the skill acquisition that's the way to do it yeah like just scrambling a bunch in training sessions is not not the the way to do it purpose train with purpose yeah very very clear purpose oh yeah and that's what they've i mean john danaher has been doing that for forever now forever if not longer um yeah dude maybe a cool way this plays out is gordon is fucked up for like a year and in that year, other people can kind of get a little bit closer to his level so yeah. that when he comes back, there's some more competition. That'd be cool. But uh, it's tough seeing the best. Yeah, sit on, on the sideline. Side yeah. It's incredible. As long as he doesn't come back, we're in the 4-5. The 4-5? That was Jordan when he came back. What? Do you remember when Michael oh, Jordan? Jordan, Jordan oh, come, yeah. yeah. Come back the way you're supposed to. Yeah. yeah. All right. Good enough. All right, guys. Thanks for talking. We'll see you guys. Russ, Russ, enjoy your day. It was uh, adequate having you here. What did we miss? Let me see the list before we sign off. What's that? Damn it, Russ. All right, what were we going <laughs> to? All right, pulling other. bottom side, check. Falling back on ankle locks, check. check. No neck, check. check. Calf slicer, yep. Uh, respectable game. I was waiting for it. Maybe you threw out a compliment. There was, notice how they were no, at the bottom and there was on, less. No, I, ugly effective. That's the compliment. Yeah, but I, I had to bring that up. You didn't bring that up. Oh. Um, Teaching a good class. Another compliment? Oh, the bottom one is all compliments? Yeah, I was like, maybe, maybe. Oh, dude, you're reaching. I know. You you are teaching a good class. Do you know how I know you're teaching a good class? Because I still let you teach. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And we missed the damn it, Russ. So I'll end with this. Damn it, Russ. See you guys. Bye.